played by Westbrook. Ginobili for three. Yes! One point lead for San Antonio. Terry, a long three. Bang! Jason Terry gives the Mavericks a seven point lead with 33 seconds remaining. Zimmers bringing in. Five seconds to go. Tie game. Seat belts are fastened. Lou Williams for the win. Bingo! Oh my goodness. Season three, episode three of the Six Man Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Barnett. And joining me on the other line is another indie sports fan, Justin Spellman. Justin, I go way back. Justin, how's it going, man? It's going good. Thank you for asking. Um, you know, just working my life away because I graduated from grad school back in May. Um, so yeah, just kind of just doing my thing. Um, kind of just what like when the sports sports really got back going, like what in like August, September. So my life has really been booked with like making sure that I can keep up with going on with not just like indie sports, but like you know college football world hockey world because you know that's my jam um nhl's back nba's back, NHL's back so this is a this is an exciting time for sure yeah this is really supposed to be a season preview episode but uh, Justin and i are recording this after the first two games have already been played so um of course the lakers lost lost opening night uh to the shorthanded warriors which was interesting russell westbrook had some comments, basically played, basically said it was his fault the team lost after the game, and LeBron basically told him it was one game out of 82. Don't be so hard on yourself. And I got to say, Milwaukee looks better than they did last year when they won the title, so that's terrifying. You know, I know this. you mentioned that. I apologize to all your listeners that – it was supposed to be a season preview, but we missed those first couple of games. I got those notifications, and I was a bit surprised myself when I saw this morning, because who doesn't have the ESPN app nowadays? Um, I, I was a bit surprised when I saw this morning that Steph Curry had his first triple-double in, like, five seasons. And um, uh, and they beat the Warriors – or not the – Steph Curry and the Warriors beat the Lakers, and I was kind of like, what? And even, like – I mean, it's not really, like, away, because you're still in the same state, right? But the, like you said, the Warriors were shorthanded. And they still beat, you know, probably the Western Conference favorite. And everyone, and it, Zach, you know my feelings about LeBron. I can't stand the man because he's been an enemy of mine for several years. Um, but yeah, that I was a bit, I was a bit surprised when I saw that, that he lost. I was kind of like, okay, well, let's see what happens going forward. Yeah, and I think what people need to realize is like LeBron and Anthony Davis combined for sixty-seven points and just played out of their fucking minds, and they still lost. So. I don't think yeah, there's any was... team this year that's like a runaway favorite for anything. And last night really showed that to us. Um, unless Milwaukee is actually as good as they were last night and just continues to win every game by 20. Um, I was a bit surprised by Steve Nash's decision to pull the starters when he did. I watched the whole second half of that game and he pulled the starters with about three minutes left. They're only down 12. And I thought you have Kevin Durant, like you're never out of games, but 
you know, like LeBron said, there's 82 games. That was the first game for both of these squads. Like, why would you risk a player like Kevin Durant, like LeBron getting injured, um, trying to, like, fight for those, like, first wins? But we're not just here to talk about that. Obviously, (laughs) uh, the Pacers play tonight. But I actually want to start with your Oregon Ducks fascination. I believe your favorite player of all time is Peyton Pritchard. Is that correct? Okay, he's not my all-time favorite player. Okay, now we were we were just going back and forth about this this morning. Um, I so really I've been probably been following Oregon athletics because you know they're all they're all good in their in their own asset probably since oh sometime in college or even like as soon as high school. Yeah, I, mean, we, I remember hanging out with you and you were wearing Oregon Ducks uh, outfits to school and stuff. So, you know, this was, shit, five, six years ago at this point. <laughs> yes, I don't know. I had that gaudy yellow sweatshirt. I don't wear that anymore because it makes me look like a fluorescent. Uh, <laughs> so you fluorescent should. You, should. you should bring it back. It's a, it's a good, it's I should, a good I should, look. You know, maybe I should try to find it and bring it back. But, yes, um, we're talking about Peyton Pritchard. Um so I, so me following Oregon Athletics, which again, kind of difficult to do when you're on Eastern Time Zone and Oregon Athletics usually play their games, 7 p.m. their time, that's about 10 p.m. Eastern Time, or even if they have a later tip, I'm not even able to watch those games because a human has, got, has to sleep. Um, Zach, you might have different opinions on that because you're a college student. Anyways, um, so my <laughs> obsession, probably you call it an obsession. Um, I, that's, Oregon basketball has definitely been growing over the past several years, of course. And I, I think I was really starting to pay attention to him starting his sophomore year because he went to Oregon all four years. Um, and he was like a consistent starter for for them, really. A, he was probably a start. I, I don't have everything in front of me, but I think he was even starting for them all four years. But like sophomore, that's when I was really starting to pay attention um, because he made a name for himself within the Pac-12 and then helping lead his team to deep runs in the NCAA tournament. Unfortunately, he did not get even, I don't think he even made it into the NCAA Final Four any of his years. Again, I apologize if someone's going to Google them and try to find me on Twitter or Instagram and rat me out. But anyways, um, deep runs in each of this, even just each of his years at Oregon NCAA tournament kind of speculating that he was going to get drafted into the NBA. It feels like it was, it feels like it's been like three years now, but it's actually like just last year, like in like whenever I know it's like a shortened season last year, but he got drafted last year. Um, I was pleasantly surprised when he got drafted by the Boston Celtics. Um, and then apparently I'm more fascinated with him now because he just keeps thinking a name for himself, trying to prove that he's not just some scrawny white kid that played basketball at Oregon he can actually do play that ball very well at the NBA level um my my memory is kind of blurred but he was trying to help his team out trying to help Boston out as much as he can throughout you know the second half of the later season and helping them out in the playoffs whenever he got a chance now we all know that Boston Celtics are primarily led by Duke's Duke alum Jason Tatum and everyone else everyone else in that starting five but you know, Peyton's going to make a name for himself. I I'm already expecting it. Yeah, and 
he reminds me a lot of how TJ McConnell was at Arizona, um, which obviously I don't think you remember basketball that far back, but TJ McConnell playing on the West Coast, I used to stay up to watch all the Pac-12 games on ESPN2, um, and mm-hmm. he he has this high energy, he's a proficient passer, but he, he reminds me of like TJ McConnell, less of a defender, but more of a shooter. Um, and I think that that's a good recipe for his success in the NBA. We've seen a lot of these high energy guys who can shoot the ball, do really well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that Pritchard actually it has a good opportunity to be the sixth or seventh man on the Celtics and help them uh, continue to grow. I mean, Tatum and Brown and Marcus Smart is kind of your core there, but then beyond that, you know, they, they got to fill it out with decent role players and definitely energy and shooting is a good role to have on the team. Correct. Uh, the next big one, you know, for me is obviously you, you being an athletic, uh, Oregon Athletics fan. We got to talk about oh. the Pacers, Oregon Duck, right? Chris Duarte. Yeah, He's older than I me. Would... Yes, he is. You know, now I'm in this awkward phase of my life where players that I'm, like, growing to love, they're younger than me, which is kind of awkward, right? It wasn't that wasn't that big of a deal when I was the same age as them, same age as them, I should say. Uh, but now we have Chris Duarte. I want to botch his name. Chris Duarte. 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 Yeah, he was Duarte. Thank you. Um, Mr. Duarte was drafted by the Pacers this past season. I was like, huh, we finally got an Oregon product out in the Midwest. Thank God, because I mean, we need that Pac-12 energy um, as much as we can, especially um, if we're going to be competing against Milwaukee, the likes of the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets. Um, if, if Chris Duarte could somehow get himself into the starting lineup, Zach, we were talking a little bit earlier. Is he is he for sure starting tonight? Or do we I, I don't think it's been confirmed yet? yet. I don't think they've confirmed it yet, but I would venture to guess he's starting with Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, and uh, Turner and Sabonis. Um, with Warren and Levert still out, I think that that's the obvious bit for Shooting guard in the starting five or small forward in the starting five. Okay, well, if he can get somehow squeeze himself into the starting lineup tonight, then maybe he can try to secure himself that permanent spot. Um, not a permanent spot, but I would say that we can at least secure that starting five lineup while we wait for these injuries to be rehabbed and healed up within the next couple of weeks. Um, but like I said, we do kind of, I was kind of excited to see that Pac-12 energy being brought brought out here because if Milwaukee, like I know we're not talking about it too much, but Milwaukee is going to be playing as hard as they did like last night throughout the whole season. It's going to be chaotic um, through, for not only the Eastern Conference, but also the Central Division that the Pacers are in. Um, we need to be able to compete with that if they even want to try to make it to even probably second place in the division and make, get one of the mid-level spots in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Yeah, and that's the thing. This is really the first year the East has been on par, if not better than the West, in a long time. A lot of better and no one really has taken a drastic step back and that that's that's a scary thing for the Pacers you know who were a nine a nine seed last year under the worst coach in the NBA in many people's eyes and so 
I, you know, I was excited about the Bjork and Hire, but then a lot of the stuff about his personality, borderline racist attitude and stuff like that started to come out. And to me, like replacing the 30th best coach in the NBA with a top 10 coach really raised the ceiling of this team a lot. I'm a lot higher on the team overall than a lot of, like, yeah, I remember the Pacers still won like 36 games last year with the worst coach in the NBA. And all the injuries they had. Saying yeah, it's, I, you know, it's destined, but this team should be around that forty-eight win to fifty wins if they can stay healthy. And who knows? You know, the sky's the limit for this team, I think. But mm-hmm. the boogeyman is still out there, and that boogeyman is the Milwaukee Bucks, led by <laughs> now, one of the scariest basketball players of all time. Right, um, and like you said, the. It has been several years where it seemed, uh, first of all, it seemed like it was a decade ago where it, every year in June, I would probably tune out the NBA Finals because it was the Warriors and the and whoever LeBron was with, I think it was just the Cavaliers, but it seemed like it was a decade ago. I got bored when it got to those matchups again. Yeah, so now, 20, 20, ready for this? Ready, ready for this? I think it, I can list all of the finals, ready? So it's... Uh... Go ahead. 2011, Miami and the Mavericks. Uh, the Mavericks ended up winning and beating the Heatles in six games, securing Rick Carlisle's first ring as a coach, I believe. Yes, it was. Uh, mm-hmm. Then they had uh, 2012, uh, the Heat ended up winning. I want to say they played... Thunder, right? Yeah, OKC, because that was when they still had Westbrook and Harden and uh, obviously... Kevin Durant, who's one of the greatest scorers of all time. And then they go and they play against San Antonio in back-to-back years or something like that. Like, it was kind of weird there, where it was like, it immediately went from, like, the Heatles into San Antonio, uh, against San Antonio, into the Cavaliers against the Warriors. And, like, then, of course, Toronto gets their title with Kawhi and the Milwaukee it's just, uh-huh. it's been such a weird, it's been yeah, such the... a weird last several years in the NBA. You know, everything right. feels mm-hmm. like it's that parody. LeBron's teams haven't been dominant. Smaller market teams are starting to do well. You know, Utah, Phoenix, um, Milwaukee, like these squads that are historically often overlooked have like really taken over um, for the first time in a while, which is super cool. But also means that it just gets harder and harder for teams like the Pacers to remain relevant when 48 wins is no longer good enough for like a top three seed. Like now you've got to win sure. 50, 56 to 58 games. Or mm-hmm. the fan base is clamoring for your entire team to be traded away because your coach is a jackass and like doesn't know how to stagger minutes properly. You're like, whatever it ends up being. And so I think it's very tough to like really pinpoint the issues for the Pacers. But again, I think if they can get healthy and stay healthy between the coaching tree that Carlisle has uh, with the people he brought in, you know, I love Lloyd Pierce. He wasn't a great head coach, but he's a good assistant coach. He'll get another head coaching opportunity um, almost solely based on that. He just got a gold medal at the Olympics. Like, between the coaching changes and I think the ceiling of these new guys that the Pacers brought in, you know, like 
they lost McDermott, but they bring in Duarte, who's a plug and play kind of guy. You know, they, mm-hmm. you know, they lose McDermott, but they get Tory Craig, who's a defensive, you know, six, eight wing, who was really good in the finals. Um, either way, I think that this is a good roster coming forward. But now I know you are also critical of the team like I am. What would you say your biggest fear is with this team? Is it the Miles, Turner, and Devonis Sabonis issues, or is it other things that have been negative? Um, wow, I kind of feel like there's there was a lot of drama that was going on over the course of the offseason. And, you know, Hey, at least it wasn't as bad as Philly. You know what I'm saying? Yes, just like that. Um, They just got to – if we're trying to build for the future, and I say say that loosely because the future starts tonight because, like, what will happen tonight kind of sets the tone for the rest of the season. Um, If they can try to tone down whatever issues that Miles and DeMontis had going on over the offseason – whether they try to, I don't know if they try to lock them in or if they try to, it's going to sound crazy, trade away one of them for pieces that will cost a little bit less, um, that would still be valuable. That would be, uh, I don't know. I, I just don't want to, wanted to do something that would be a detriment. We're in a situation where we have to be in a play-in tournament if, if they bring that back again. I think I read they're bringing that back again, which I don't know why they would, they would do that, um, but I don't want to be in a situation I, I say, where they have to be a nine or a below the, the automatic threshold. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think that, as it currently sits, like, barring no other setbacks by their team, I think the Pacers are probably anywhere from like six to 10. I think they're a play-in team uh, or like a low-level playoff guaranteed seed. But you know how basketball is, 82 games, a lot of deterioration on people's bodies, injuries happen, like, you know, mm-hmm. you never wish for injuries to happen, but like, what if Joel Embiid misses the entire season for Philly and like now it's just Tobias Harris? Right. You know, that team is suddenly like a 10-win team because, you know, it's like Tobias Harris and Seth Curry, <laughs> and like that's it. I know. Um, you know, I I think that there are some things you know going on with the organization. You know, everybody wanted Jeremy Lamb gone, and everybody wanted Brogdon gone. Well, now Brogdon just signed his contract extension, so he can't be traded, and they have to find their value where they can get it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so to me, you know, the Pacers have two top 20 centers. Uh, one of them's a top five defensive center. One's a top five offensive center. And the sum of the parts is they're probably both around the eight to 10 range, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they really, they, you know, they have options. Now, those options are going to be, you know, if they realize like, oh, yeah, we got to blow this up. What pieces get moved? You know, Sabonis is 26. You know, Turner's 25, 26. Lovert's 25, 26. TJ Warren, I think, is the odd man out. He's going to be like 28, 29 when he re-signs his contract. You know, if they mm-hmm. keep him around. Um, it's going to be interesting. 
to say the least. And of course, Malcolm Brogdon, once his extension's over, you're looking at a 33-year-old player, which mm-hmm. is uh, kind of wild, uh, to say the least. Um, and I know you're not just a Pacers fan, so I want to transition to another team that I know you care a lot about. And yes. you know, it's, you know, you know, it's Dame time all the time. What are your expectations? I freaking, I freaking love Damian Lillard. Okay, and CJ McCollum. Um, CJ McCollum is one of my favorite like communicators of basketball. Like, obviously, he's the president of the Players Association now. He has his own yes. winery. He has his own podcast. He was a con student. Like. Just he's super intelligent. Um, if you don't listen to the pull up podcast, like, can you listen to ours? Go listen to his. His is like infinitely better. Um, and like you get to hear more of the inside out of basketball. But a lot of people did not like them hiring Chauncey Billups because of his past. And you know, we can talk all about players' past and things like that, but you know. Mm-hmm. I always wanted Chauncey Billups in Indianapolis. I always was like, when they hired Dave Bjorkren, I wanted them to hire Chauncey Billups as head coach. Mm-hmm. Do, you think, do you think that Chauncey Billups is an upgrade over Terry Stotts? And if so, what do you think the ceiling of the Trailblazers is? Okay, well, first of all, apologies in advance. I'm actually going, I'm on their website right now just to see what current events are going on. Um, and you know the first, the first headline that comes up, that comes up on the Trailblazers website is is that they are buying in on the Billups era, regardless of what comes next. Um, I've always been I'm always kind of like a fan whenever alumni NBA players like do get hired after they leave, and you know I don't know I. I, I apparently have a short-term memory because I don't I I forget all the drama that went on with that from in the past. Um, but regardless, I am always kind of a fan whenever teams, no matter like who it is across the board, but I'm a fan of like whenever teams are able to bring in a hire that's an alumni player, um, championship on the championships on the resume is always an added bonus. Um, if my memory serves me correct, um, we're good. Correct me, Zach, but I believe that Chauncey Billows was on that Pistons roster that won a title. Was, he, was, he was on the 01 or yeah. like 02 to 06 Pistons. Um, he was the reason, in my opinion, that they won their so many games back then. Like, he was part yes, of the reason the why mi- the Pistons were so good. So, the mid, that mid 2000s Pistons roster, which we can save this for another episode, but I still cannot stand almost 20 years later. Okay. If we. Go on Netflix, watch watch that watch that uh episode. I yeah, watched that it documentary. I, uh, the documentary. It made it made, yes, me, do- made me sick. I like reliving that. You know the thug. You know them throwing out the word thugs all the time in Indianapolis media, especially. Yeah, that was part of the reason why Indie Star lost so many good writers. Then was because their editor was like, "Oh yeah, you need to call these guys thugs," and no one wanted to. And part of the reason why, uh, you know. A lot of people are pissed so, off yeah. with the Pacers and all that. So, so th- that that is another topic for another day. Um, <laughs> but because uh, you know we're coming up across, we're coming up on, gosh, seventeen years. I think I think it is in November. Yeah, seven, if I'm not, seventeen not, years in November. Yeah. 
it'll be 17 years since that brawl, that incident, and I still cannot stand that night and that incident. But anyways, back back on the Chauncey Billups question. So, you know, Billups brings in that championship experience. So he has that on the resume. It looks like, based on this quick read over this article, that the, that the players are going to be buying into this process. Um, the fact that the, the, now the big thing is whether or not that they have the roster that's going to bring them into whatever they expect to do in the postseason and going forward. Um, of course, we're going to see Dame Time and C.J. McCollum in the starting lineup every single game. Um, whether that they're able to perform to their highest expectation every single night, um, that's just going to be something that we'll have to keep an eye out going forward. And of course, them being able to keep Anthony Simmons, which another story, <laughs> Zach and I went to the Pacers game back in April or March, whenever they Portland was in town, and I was like, heck yes, both of my squads in one building, let's go. Anthony Simmons scored like nine straight three-pointers whenever he made those attempts. Um, yeah, he, so he's able he, to, I'm pretty sure it was like nine of ten that night. Like, just absurd efficiency. And just just what a, what a Pacers way to, like, get just absolutely dunked on. Like, they contained C.J. McCollum, Dave Miller, I don't even think played. It was uh, they, Anthony Simons who just came in off the bench and torched him for 30. <laughs> He he came in and just no, no other way to say it. He ex, he exposed uh, the Pacers' defense of what it was um, back in April, and that was kind of an embarrassing thing to watch. Of course, I was cheering for every play because I like both teams. Um, but whenever I saw Anthony get the ball, I was kind of like, "Oh crap, here he goes again!" And yeah, he and goes, he was pulling up. He, he was pulling up from thirty feet away. It was like he he could not miss that night. And like every other game that year, he was maybe a thirty-five to thirty-six percent three-point shooter. Like it was a statistical anomaly, and it seems like every year there's always like two or three players who have their best night of the season against the Pacers. And uh, maybe that's just Anthony Simon's thing now. Like he should just start against the Pacers and drop fifty and call his day. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's what they're planning on doing in November whenever I think the Pacers go out to Portland in November. That's what they're going to be like, oh, starting in Fernie because he'll have a career night. Yeah, I, that'll, be, that'll be embarrassing. I, I, I'm excited to see the Chauncey Billups era. Obviously, Portland was just – everybody on the Portland roster had their name thrown into Ben Simmons trades and Bradley Beal trades. And <sighs> Dame Lillard. That was still, that was still. horrible. Whenever I saw they, they were thinking about getting rid of Damian. No, no, no. I think I, I think like, it was. I think that's what Daryl Morey wants. I think Daryl Morey was like, "Oh yeah, Ben Simmons for Ben Simmons and a piece is worth Damian Lillard." And I don't know what kind of stuff he smokes, but I want some because if that's enough to get Damian Lillard, then the Pacers should go just offer like some bonus and a one. Because uh, I, I think some bonus in a one is better than Ben Simmons. Like, <laughs> just, just, just to throw that out there. Like, um, but again, this, this, this year is going to be interesting for both of our squads. You know, I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've already said Portland's my team out west. Pacers my team out east. We share a very similar mindset, and obviously, you follow specific players as well. 
So mm-hmm. I have one last question for you. Do you oh, have good. a do you, who's your most who's the player you're most excited to watch this year? Okay, so I try I try to prepare for this to figure out what what player I'm the most excited to watch. Um man, I have I have like a long list of players that I like to watch. <laughs> so, um let's see. Just trying to like I have my Pacers, I have my Blazers, I have Peyton out on the Celtics, and I always, I will always have a soft spot for the Spurs as long as Greg Popovich is on, on that head coaching realm. Um, you know, probably just probably, you know, we've we talked about them a lot, and probably just I'll probably just go ahead and just throw out um, probably Peyton and Anthony again because I don't because if they can have nights like they did last season and they're they're both still so young as well um they'll be able to hopefully they'll be able to be able the coach hopefully the coaches will be able to see that hey that these are potential stars that were able to produce a little bit last season let's see what they can do this season if you try to either stay consistent like like in the playoff spot or try to excel a little bit um Celtics already can be good with Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, all of them as their core. It's just a matter of trying to if Peyton and then you know Trailblazers, Damian and CJ McCollum as part as two of their all stars out there. Um, as long as Anthony and Peyton can try to find a way to get even, get into the starting lineups every once in a while, or just be part of that consistent rotation every night, um, that will help them build their confidence and hopefully they'll help them get consistent playing time as the season goes on. Awesome. My, my answer is very simple. Uh, Aaron Holiday, the Washington Wizards. Uh, as you remember, I was so sad when Aaron Holiday got traded on draft night. Uh, I have my Aaron Holiday number yes. three jersey. I've met him. Like He's such a bro, such a nice kid, and I wish him all of the best in Washington, and I hope he can turn his career around there because I think he's really good. And the Pacers, like always, squandered their young talent. Um, you know, I still think Gogo Batase is very good on this team, and mm-hmm. O'Shea is very good on this team, and they're just they're not getting the playing time they deserve. Um, so hopefully our quality can blossom, you know, on a roster in Washington that is Bradley Beal and a bunch of moving pieces. Um, I think that that's a really good spot for him. So Justin, for I want to sure. thank you for taking time out of your busy work day and whatnot. Um, I know that probably we're supposed to be working right now, but Hey, whatever works. Man. Uh, I'm glad that you were able to join me. Um, if you would like to follow Justin for all of his hockey, big brother, basketball, uh, San ah. Francisco, San Francisco <laughs> Giants, state champs, all that content. Uh, Too Justin's, soon for talk about my baseball. <laughs> Just, Justin Spell 15 on Twitter. Um, and as always, you can find us at six underscore man underscore pod uh, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks for listening, and you have a blessed day.